This is Shutters Inc. with Bruce Williams and Glenn Lavender. Hi, and welcome to episode 472 of Shutters Inc. This is Bruce Williams from ShuttersIncPodcast.com. And the guy on the other end. What? It is Mr. Glenn Lavender from CreativePhotoWorkshops.com.au. Oh, I was just waiting to see if you were going to butt in. <laughs> why would I butt in? I have no you, idea why you, I would you, even you think intro. to think that. <laughs> you intro, then I say hello. It's kind of standard routine, dude. I'm not sure what you. It should be by now, well, after 472 episodes. Do, I'll tell you, it concerns what? me. Some of the things you do concern me. What a ridiculous thing. <laughs> but in. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? The way it works is you do the intro, I say, G'day, Bruce, how's your week been? And then you say... Oh, yeah, pretty uneventful. <laughs> yeah, uneventful? Yeah. He used to watch her on Channel 10, yeah, uneventful. What? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's it. It's uneventful. Your work's okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, the weather's been nice. You're still not locked up. Your business, you know, you're one of those people who just, this whole thing's just zipped right past you, hasn't it, really? It pretty much has. You know? The only thing that's been different this week is I've had to be on the train. I, I have not been able to ride my motorbike every day to North Sydney. So, uh, done a bearing in between the final drive and the drive shaft. So, so you, had to sit the, you couldn't sit on the bike anymore, so you had to sit so on the train. So, ex- exactly right. So, Ooh, back on the train. Yeah. But it's really that's weird because the train what, is what's empty. The say? Is it, what's, the, what, what's, the, what's the recovery time, dude? What's the doctor say? For the bike? Uh, it's being looked at tomorrow. No. Oh, it's the bike. I thought it was you. <laughs> no, I don't have bearings. <laughs> oh. Oh, so you burn the gas. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should be taking it a bit easier. Exactly. Getting older, you know, to slow your that's pace. It. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so you've had to take the train. Well, has the trains been packed now? The restrictions no. are sort of really no. Seriously, like each layer of our New South Wales um, suburban trains seat. Uh, I'm going to say probably sixty people on each layer, like on the top layer and on the bottom layer. I reckon there's. So, so when you sort layer, as in like there's a, there's an upstairs and a downstairs. So we've only got single level trains, so I don't right. know this, yeah. this, this, this layer stuff you're talking about. So we've got people on the roof. I've seen that at Bangladesh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so they, they probably 60. seat about 60, yeah, 60, 65 people upstairs and 65 people downstairs. And at the moment, I reckon on my whole trip all the way through to North Sydney, there's maybe 10, 15 people on the same level as me. What about upstairs? I generally sit upstairs, but I imagine that downstairs is the same. Um, well, next week, can you sit downstairs and do a comparison check? <laughs> just for you, mate, I'll sit downstairs. Well, we, just, <laughs> we, we just can't ban the... This is the problem with the world these days. People just throw out random statistics made up on the spot, you know, guesstimates. Only 83.2% sort of are made up. But 57% of all statistics are made up on the spot, and <sighs> you know that is true. Yeah. <sighs> I've been stuck doing maths classes all week. I know these right. things, yeah. Grade four math, I might admit. Yeah, but still. <laughs> Got me a bit confused. So how's your week been? When they went to 12 eighths or something, it was an hang, I think. It's a bit hard. I can't give you 12 eighths. I've only got eight eighths. You know, I'm trying to explain that to a kid that's about slices of pizza. <laughs> yeah, but, but Dad, I've only got one pizza. And they want 12 eighths, and you've cut it into eights. And what do we do? I said, we better order another pizza. <laughs> that's right. That's, what, that's saying, what you do. Yeah. Uh, well, how's my week been? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sick of it all. Right. 
<laughs> Are you still housebound? Uh, well, mostly so. We went out on the, on the weekend. We went out for a, like, for, for a drive hmm. for a couple of couple of hours, keeping away from people as you do. It was a bit miserable, a bit cold and a bit wet and drizzly. And right. But the kids had their own portrait video shoot they had to do. Oh. So like the couple of weeks before when uh, they helped me shoot you know, the stuff for Tamron, hmm. well, they, had, they were asked to do a video on how to take better portraits uh, for scouts. Right. And uh, so this coming weekend, uh, which is just this weekend gone by the time people listen to this podcast, yeah. they've got an indoor scout camp. Right. So ca- camping at home, basically. It's the 10th anniversary of my kids' scout troop. Oh, wow. And uh, so they're doing a, They're doing an indoor camp, and everyone stays at home and camps. <laughs> and they've got, they've, got a whole, they've got a website dedicated to the event, and so there's all these um, so there's like a trail you go around. There's like a science trail, an astro trail, a cooking, and one of them is called Film It. You go in there, and there's a whole bunch of things you can you can um, you know, like landscape photography tips, macro, and portraits. So the girls have filmed the portrait section. Right. So uh, they filmed. They they came up with the whole concept themselves. So this time, Dad did the filming. <laughs> uh, the girls, the so I filmed them. They did the pieces to camera, and then photographed each other with their iPads. Awesome. And uh, so that was that was uh, last week. That, that, so we did that on Sunday. They came over and did all the editing and the titles and all that sort of stuff. So it's kind of a reverse. It's quid pro quo. Yeah, you did it for us. We did it for you. Now you do it for us. So we did that. And that's kind of about it, photo-wise. I've, I've, been, I've had a big week with uh, dad jokes, of course, as per usual. Okay, yep. Uh, but, uh, but I've also added this week. You know this thing going around on Facebook where you yeah, post your top favourite 10 favourite album covers with no explanation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, A, previous weeks I've been doing the stupidest album covers I could find, right. like the yes. weirdest yes. or wackiest. seen you know. some of those. Uh, good. Especially the Christian Brotherhood ones, all those kind of things. Well, this week I've been doing the explanation for why I like the album without the album cover. Nice. <laughs> so it's like reversed. You know, put the album cover up with no explanation? Well, I'll just put an explanation and no album cover and no and not telling people what the album is. Nice. <laughs> so, so it's just the, just the description alone, which I thought was... I'm up to day three. Of, and this is the first time I've gone beyond day one, frankly, right. uh, which is which is fairly impressive. Normally I you know, do day one as a joke. Well, I've been doing the stupid... The stupid um, album covers for a while because people seem to like that. I, went, I then went on to books and then I went on to movies for a little while there, but right. back to albums because there's a lot more of them. Yeah. Uh, but so, so here's my day three. Day three, I've been nominated to post my 10, uh, my 10 all-time favourite albums with no cover, just the explanation, no particular order, which made an impact and you still play today. Nominate a person each day. So my, my description, this one snuck up on me. I'd owned it for a while, liked one or two songs, which is why I bought it. Then, one day, bang! The album, the band, the lyrics, the guitar, the bass, man, even the drums in every single song explodes in my brain and changes my musical listening trajectory for the rest of my life. I am encompassed in you. You complete me. (laughs) That's that's, that's the whole description. And then I nominate myself, which is what I nominate every day because, frankly, I'm far more interested in my own stuff than anybody else. <laughs> so, um, so that was good. That was a, that was a, I thought it was a, pretty, it was a pretty good description. Excellent. And then I, I, some, somebody's been posting on my old high school, um, high school photos, you know, class photos from back in the day. And right. it, is, it is a strange thing, Bruce. It is, it is a, you know, I got kicked out of school fairly young, you know, but, but I was there for a few years in high school. Mm-hmm. So there were quite a lot of attractive girls. Yeah. 
And I went out with as many of them as would let me. Right. <laughs> Quite frankly, I, I did my best. Now, I've been looking at the school photos, year seven, year eight, year nine, hmm. and um, I can't see any of I can't see any attractive girls. <laughs> it's like, uh, really? There were lots, Bruce. There were everywhere. There was, I was like half the girls in every class were like, you know, drop dead gorgeous. Yeah, right. Finally, someone posted one yesterday with one girl who I had a crush on. She wouldn't go out with the other. But the, my, my, my high school, my high school sweetheart, the girl I went out with for the longest in high school, she was an absolute drop dead babe. Yeah. But then I look at her in the photos and go, hang on, that, that wasn't her, sure. <laughs> I, think, I think it's the 70s, a very different you know, view of what uh, was attractive. Oh, you know what it was, mate? It was, it was the 70s soft focus filter. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, obviously it worked, it worked in reverse too, because I mean, I obviously must have, because I looked at myself in those photos and go, hang on. Yeah, because I could see what they were looking at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, but the girls couldn't, apparently. <laughs> um, so that's been my week, frankly. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's been... Uh, kind of a whole bunch of nothing. Right. I haven't really done anything. <laughs> and the thing is, again, it's one of those weeks that's just bang, gone by in a flash. Yeah, as they tend to do. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, how can you be locked indoors all day, every day, and it still zip past so quickly? I mean, time's just disappearing into nothing. That's and when I, I mean, I'm getting and I'm, older, mate. But I'm up to like two o'clock in the morning every morning. So I'm up and up at seven sort of thing. Oh, so I'm up 19 hours a day and it still zips past. Wow, and as as the old saying goes, you know, um, it, when when I finally have time to do all the stuff around the house I want to, I'll be able to get stuff done. And it turns out time wasn't the issue; yeah. <laughs> nothing's getting done, you know. But I do have a skit coming next week. Oh, the, is it the week after, next week or the week after next next week? And just to, I'm just going to clean out some stuff. I've just got too much stuff. I'm just tossing lenses and tossing flash guns, lighting kits. You know, it's all just going to the bin, Bruce. You're kidding. Yes. You are kidding. Yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> but I have got a skip coming, but I'm not loading it. Well, I'll probably load it with some camera stuff that I don't use. That's just, yeah, just crap. That yeah. doesn't have any mo- real monetary value. Right. Uh, now, what else? What else? Um, nothing. Right. I've got a few bits of things to talk about. Okay. We got two new patrons on Patreon this week. What? Yep. We, can't, we don't mention names, of course, but we thank them greatly. We do thank them greatly. Uh, are they people just, just so I don't know this until you just mentioned this just then, are they people we've heard of before? Yes. So the part of the seven? Yeah. One of them, no, we have not heard from before, but one of them is a oh. regular contributor. Well, well that's nice. I, I did put the names in the, in the text that I copied to you in the Skype window, but... Oh, I don't look at that stuff. <laughs> of course you don't. <laughs> So, Hang on, so I'm I'm happy to mention I'm happy to mention their names. No, I don't think you should. Oh, okay. They may not want to be mentioned. They might want the accolades. They may not want to be mentioned. Okay. All right. That's a problem. So without without it being implicit, you should have like a tick box on your the thing. <laughs> right. Okay. Please withhold my name. <laughs> but I will say that the KMAC because he's he's on we haven't heard of, and I, I think that's sufficiently, um, sufficiently, yeah, yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying, Bruce. Well, I don't think you need to say too much more because he's got an email that we've got to read. Oh shit! Really? <laughs> I should delete that bit altogether. So just just put a beep noise yeah. over where I said K Mac, and then <laughs> put a beep over that bit just there as well. <laughs> right? Okay. Can you do that? Yeah. So every time I say K Mac, like now, yeah. just put a beep over that. Right. 
Okay. You can do that? Do you I have the technology? Do yeah, I do have, have the, the technology. technology. You're that good. <laughs> you should do this for a living. I should do it for a living, shouldn't I? Oh, dear, oh, dear. K-Mac. <laughs> K-Mac, K-Mac. So just, just as I've really stuffed this episode. Uh, <clears throat> so anyway. Yeah. Tamron today teased a new lens. Oh. For Sony, for Sony E-mount. Oh. So it's one of those typical, yeah, it's just a picture of it in black and with a black background with other Sony E-mount lenses in the background. Right. Uh, which is, which is um, I didn't know about it until today, so that's news. I can kind of take a hazard a guess at what it is. Have you got an idea of focal length? That's what I'm saying. I can probably take a hazard a guess. Okay. And I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to guesstimate that I'm reasonably accurate with actually no actual knowledge. Yeah. Because um, if I do nothing else, I like to make statements with no actual knowledge. This is this is this is my specialty this, this in is life. Part of the fifty-eight percent of all uh, statistics that are made up on the spot segment. Well, you just changed it by two percent. Oh, did I? <laughs> if you're going to fake statistics, you better be accurate about them. Is what I'm saying. But that's inflation, mate. We've got to account for inflation. It's tax, buddy. Taxes. Always going up. It's the gold standard of lies. There we go. Um, I'm going to say it's something like 24 to 200. Oh, okay. So a travel lens. Yeah. Nice. All in one. Nice. If not, that may be 35 to 150. Okay. Something, something that all encompasses. Because if you think about it, they've got 17 to 28, 28 to 75, 70 to 180. Yep. So that's kind of covered. The photo is not big, so it's not like a 100 to 400 or a 150 yep. to 600. Yep. They've got a 20... A 24 and a 35 prime. Yep. And the picture's obviously a zoom lens, so it's not a prime. Yep. So what else would it be yep. but an all-in-one? It's just a matter of number what to what number, Yeah. if you know what I mean. Nice. So I'm thinking I'm, and I'm thinking something like the 35 to 150. I would like, but I don't think it's going to be possible, 24 to 200. 24 to 200 would be amazing. Exactly. How popular would that be? You know, oh. even, even 24 to 150. Yep. It'd be pretty darn good, you know? Yep. And if it can maintain the same sort of quality of yeah, the previous stuff they've been bringing out. Yeah. Because uh, that 35 to 150, which is I've got for the Canon and Nikon slash Nikon, mm. uh, is excellent. It's, it's a bloody good lens. I should actually use it more often. Uh, well, I, I wonder I, where it is. I love the 2875 2.8, you know. Yeah, well, that's a more high-end, yeah, yeah. fixed aperture lens, where the 35 to 150 is a variable aperture, yeah. so it's more of a consumer lens. Yeah. But even as a consumer lens, it's sharp as a nun's tongue. Yeah. So, yeah, I really should see. I don't know. I've, I've lost mine somewhere in the somewhere in the house. What have you lost? My 35 to 150. Oh. So I, should, I should try and find that out and shoot a bit more with it. It's probably it's in the bottom of, of the skip. Yeah, I better, I better double check. <laughs> yeah, a big sifter before you put it all in there, yeah. you know. Um, so, that, so, so they teased out a new lens. That was just today. Don't know when it's coming. Don't know anything about it. But I was just say Samyang. Well, hang on, Sam before Yang. we move on, you should by now already have at least some idea of what their lead time is between teas and actual release to market. In terms of, is it one month, is it three months, is it six months? You should have an idea. I could know every, every single thing about it, but it just doesn't mean I can say anything about it. Ah, okay. <laughs> I, I would put it this way, it depends on the world status. Right. So, but something like the 70 to 180, for example, hmm. so 75 to whatever it is, 75 or 70, I don't know, whatever it is, 70 to 180, it was announced 
uh, August last year or something. Right. And it's only just now starting to make it into shelves. Oh, okay. Whereas there's exactly the same time they announced the 24, 20, and 35s. Yep. And they've been, well, I think the 35 was on the market in November or October. Right. And the other one's in December. So they've been, yeah, they've been around a lot. So, yeah, there's big time gaps between those. But I would imagine it would make an awful lot of sense uh, for an August release. Oh, okay. Because if you think about it, okay, August gets time to get the start to get the stocks in, start building up the numbers for the September, October, November sales leading into Christmas, mm-hmm. which is when sales tend to pick up, especially in the United States of America, mm-hmm. because of you know, Black Friday sales and all that sort of big pump up to sales. So it would make sense for an, an August September release. Yeah, right. But I don't actually know anything. Right. Or do I? <laughs> or do I? Or don't I? Well, I probably don't actually, but but I might. <laughs> So Sam Yang, though, our friends at Sam yeah. Yang, Sam Yang have jumped the gun and are the first co- third-party company to actually bring out lenses for the Canon R series. Right. Which I think is pretty, pretty impressive for a company that was, I don't know, fairly, yeah, minuscule not that many years ago and only manual focus, mm-hmm. and then they have burgeoned that into autofocus, and now they're releasing an 85mm 1.4 autofocus an actual R mount lens is pretty impressive, right? Oh, so so a, a Canon changing their mount? Yeah, their mounts changed for the new R series cameras, right? And in what way has it changed? Well, because the mirrorless cameras, so the whole box system is completely different, right? Right. So your spacing between uh, you know, your elements, etc. I don't yep. know. I don't pay any attention to this stuff, but something I would imagine it's something along those lines. So um, yeah, the focal distance between yeah, the back of the lens and the the sensory thing where the light, the, where the, the, the stuff the light hits, the bit that makes the picture pretty. Right. Okay. The bit that adds the colours. Did I mention 56% of all my information <laughs> is made up on the spot? I've got to say, the opening line from that uh, blog post sort of caught my eye, that, that they released this lens for Sony E-mount before Canon's R-mount. Mm. Although I suppose, I guess that makes sense because E-mount has already been out in the market for quite some time, so there was always going to be uptake for that lens where R-mount is not yet available or has only just become available, whichever it is. Well, so, it's been around for a couple of years, but um, okay. yeah, but it's but it's but it's building in 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 volume. But it's the same. Just whilst it's the same as the Sony A-mount and E-mount. You know how they changed yep. the mounts. Yep. Because the E was the mirrorless, it had to have a different setup. That's the same reason why Canon had to change their mounts. Right. Yeah, so if just to yeah, put some actual moderate, tiny, tiny, minuscule bit of knowledge. Um, <laughs> bit of technical know-how. Yeah, if not so much knowledge, but common sense. Yeah, fair enough. At <laughs> the very least. Because uh, yeah. it's different. Uh, so, yeah, but that, I thought it was pretty impressive of, of Sam Yang. I mean, uh, 8514 is a beautiful focal length if you're into your portraits. Yeah. And, I'm told these R series cameras are bloody nice, so uh, yeah, good on them. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in a Sony Alpha shooters group on Facebook, and well, there was someone are. on there only yesterday uh, asking about somebody's 85 1.4. I don't know if it was the Samyang or if it was uh, somebody else's, but uh, they were asking, you know, is is it a good lens? And then a whole bunch of people piled on with sample images and went, yep. Don't use any other lens. I live in this lens. Best lens I own. Yada 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 yada. So, yeah. 
Nice. I just read. I, I didn't hear anything you just said. Of course. But. <laughs> <laughs> but as long as the listeners did, Bruce. That's right. Yes. Because I'm sure anything I could have commented wouldn't have added to the conversation. <laughs> Would that be right? Or, or was it actually something that I needed to add to? Oh, no, you should definitely listen back to it. Oh, should I? Okay, yeah. I'll listen to it next week when the podcast comes <laughs> yeah, out. Of course you I'll will. put it on my normal... On my, uh, when I normally listen to our podcast, I'll listen to it then. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, so that's good. So, so, so yeah, so no, I, was re- I was reading the email from the person we can't mention. Yeah. Because otherwise you'd have to... Yep. Uh, I was halfway through, and then you interrupted me with talk with finishing talking. Right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I read his email? Uh, no, you shouldn't. Oh. No, not yet. Well, well, I can throw my crap. Oh, okay. And then we could talk. Then we could talk about actual good stuff. Sure. Shutterstock. Yeah. We all know Shutterstock. Yeah. They they're changing their their terms and conditions, and apparently have peeved off an awful lot of people. Oh. Uh, namely, all the people who submit all their work to make their company viable. Uh, but here, here's the thing, and if I can actually get my link to open here, I'll, I'll be able to read it and remember why so I thought it was So the change, which will take place from June 1st, basically shifts the entire royalty structure from a mishmash of payments and percentages based on lifetime earnings to one flat percentage that's based on how many images you've licensed this calendar year. And there is the crux. Right. So it's a scale. So you see the scale they've got there? Yeah. Of of how many... I'm sorry, I'm trying to... Uh, you have to control and click to follow a link. Right, so level one here, is so. up to 100 images this year and you get a 15% cut. If you're at level two, that's between 101 and 250 images for the year, in which case you'll get 20% cut. Then it's 251 to 500 images for the year, you get 25%. 501 to 2,500, you get 30%. 2,500 to 25,000, you get 35%. And if you've licensed over 25,000 images, you get 40%. Yeah, so here's the thing. If you're licensing in the course of a year 25,000 images... Yeah. Which is quite a lot, Bruce. Yeah. It then resets back to zero on the first of the new year. Yeah, that's wrong. So you're, you know, it, it might take you 11 and three-quarter months to get to that volume. Yeah. And then you're bang, gone. Yeah, um, that's, that's very, mm, not very good so, for the, so, so the big companies, the big, if you're doing 25,000 a year, you're a big wig. Yeah. Right. Uh all of a sudden, come the first day of the year, your income has just dropped magnitudes. Yeah. Uh, absolute magnitudes in volume. Um, and, yeah, if you're doing that sort of volume, you've got staff so and probably quite a lot of them the and question, studios. The and- question has to be put then, does the final number of images licensed for the year mean that at the end of the year that percentage is retroactively applied back to the entire year's worth of payouts? Well, that's the next question too. I doubt that as well. Yeah. And then you drop all of a sudden you've dropped from 40% right back down to 15% and away you start all over again. That's, so um, That's crap. Yeah. Because, you yeah, know, so- I mean, you could, you could be on, you know, up to 100 images for the whole of the, as you, as you said, the first 11 and a half months, and then maybe yeah. you submit one image that goes absolutely, you know, massively viral, like a yeah. Steve McCurry Afghan girl image, and 
suddenly you sell 30,000 units of that in the last two weeks of the year and then you only get a 40% cut of one month. That would be crap. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, and then it's still being licensed the next month. So it falls over into the next year and all of a sudden you're, you're dropping, it gets you're back to you get 15% of that, whatever that earns. And that might be all you earn for that year is, is that one image is the one's making you the money that's going to survive you for the year. And all of a sudden the earnings have dropped on it significantly compared to what it would have been yeah. in a pre-existing setup the other thing that's not particularly fair about the the structure of this new um, pricing scheme is that the percentage income that you earn at each tier is only going up in a linear scale but the number of images you have to sell is going up logarithmically huh well, 15 to 20%, 20 to 25%, 25 to 30%. It's 5% jump each time. So it's a linear progression, but the number of images... I know, I know, what, you're, I know what you're saying, Gano. It's, 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 it's not linear. Yeah. It's crap. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm so sure they'll this, get that, told. It remains to be seen what happens, eh? You yeah. Know? And uh, so many people put up with it. Yeah. I learned a new term oh, today. Yeah. Uh, serial entrepreneur. Right. Uh, which I take to mean I keep going out of business and trying something new. <laughs> trying something new. Uh, uh, but I, I came across an article. You, I thought you meant as a person who starts cereal companies, like no, see, see, breakfast cereal. I, I wanted I wanted to start my own company mm. called Cereal Killer, right? But it's cereal with a C, right? And it was it was like a takeaway place that does nothing but see, breakfast cereals, right? So you walk you walk in and you pick up like a little one of those little like the Chinese food containers. Oh yeah. And you go around and put whatever cereals you want into, add milk or yep. yeah, um, yogurts and toppings and stuff, and you pay by weight, like you do all those yep. yeah, fruit and yogurt stuff. Cereal killer and put it by universities, you'd make a fortune because yeah. they all they've read is cereal. Yeah. But you know, this, I, I lacked one necessary ingredient. Right. What was that? Little bacon bits to go on top. No, money, Bruce, money. <laughs> Right. I like the I like the money to make it happen. I'll, I'll still reckon it'd be good. So if someone wants to start Serial Killer and wants to invest, let me know because we could make a squillion, I reckon. Okay. Now, I'm a little bit concerned that you've given me the wrong link. You're talking about serial entrepreneurs, but the link is for videographer denies... Yeah, same thing. No, so th- th- this is the guy who con- con- considers himself a serial entrepreneur. Oh, right. Well, what brought, so I saw this article yesterday and it kind of girdled my goat, shall we say. Right. And the, what girdled my goat is this headline uh, in the newspaper, by newspaper I mean online newspaper, wedding photographer refuses uh, to refund a groom after bride dies in car crash. Right. So I open up the article because, oh, is this a wedding photographer I know? What's going on? Then it says, wedding photographer, headline, uh, subheading, wedding photographer, blah, 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 blah. Then it goes down and says, videography, uh, wedding, well, wedding videographer, blah, 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 guy. Well, the thing is that this particular article, the heading does say videographer. I know this because it's not the article I'm talking because oh, they've changed it since then. Right. This is this is this is a follow-on piece from there. Oh, but okay. it, so this, I'm telling you what girdled my got me going in the first place. Yep. 
because the problem with that article, a, it was it was wrong. I mean, they can't tell the difference between a videographer and a photographer, which is where it got me peeved. Right. But there was the comments weren't very funny. They were or they weren't. Weren't. No, oh. if they were, if they were funny, I would have had that link in there. But this one's got good comments. Oh, okay. So it's it's worth it's worth it's worth a look. Um, but yeah, so but this guy, so this poor guy, his bride dies in a car crash in February this year. Right. Uh, a couple of weeks later, he gets in touch with the videographer company and says, "Look, yeah, can I have a refund because we're not doing the wedding anymore because she's dead." Twenty seven hundred US, mind you, was the deposit. Ouch. The deposit for the for the yeah exactly. Wedding video guy refuses. Says, "No, you signed a contract. Contract is uh, yeah, no refund contract. Bad luck." So of course he gets the, he gets a bit hot and heavy. Yep. So he starts going on to Facebook and complaining about this company, goes to a few other places, complains about this company. So this videographer company starts a website with this guy's name on it. <laughs> so wow. name and starts slandering him as <laughs> pretending to be him. And it goes and it just goes the shit show goes downhill further and further and further. Uh, and to one point where they put the photo up and it's um uh, today would have been the day where we would have filmed Justin and Alex's wedding in Colorado Springs. After what Justin pulled with the media stunt to try and shake us down for a refund, we hope you sob and cry all day for what would have been your wedding day. Sorry, not sorry. Ouch. This is the media company. This is this is on their own. Wow. How to shoot your business in the foot. Yeah, so apparently this guy is a serial entrepreneur, so no, he keeps going out of it. And what it sounds like he does, and this is allegedly, just in case, and he was a, that he contracts, he takes the job, then subcontracts out to who knows who uh, to do the to do the work in multiple fields. Okay, so right. he's he's dabbling in all sorts of businesses, and but I'm told, I'm told that um, there are people coming for him. Right, legally, legally in a big way. So, uh, yeah. but it, it, it's uh, a videographers aren't photographers. Yeah, not not dissing their skills. Video people, amazing skills, complete, but complete. So don't diss us poor wedding photographers. By us, I mean them, not me, because I wouldn't do it. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's a fascinating. I mean, a, a example of how not to do PR, totally. how not to want to yeah, to survive, and it just goes. On. It, it's just a absolute horror story all the way through so that in itself makes it worth yeah looking i can't believe this has happened uh kind of article that is just amazing yeah and it goes on and on then you read the art read the comments and oh and the back and forth stunned wow now we've been talking the last couple of weeks about uh replacing photoshop and lightroom and stuff yeah Right, that was in with, with, your, with your duck table and um, what was the one we talked about last week? Yoo-hoo, yeah. That's the one, yep. <laughs> Very similar name. You can see how I got confused. <laughs> uh, well, this this mob here, um, uh, the, what is it it's called? Sime, C-Y-M-E. They have got Avalanche photo migration software. So what I, what I thought was one of the biggest things that Adobe does is they'll link you into their system so much that it's kind of hard to get out of so if you're using lightroom catalogs for years and years and years with all your naming structures and everything else as you found earlier in the year it's kind of whenever you change yours over it's a fair commitment to want to change yeah well this people this avalanche photo migration tool migrates adobe lightroom catalogs into skylum's luminar 4 program so you can keep all your stuff right but so I think if someone's, but you, you know that I, the, you know, in the first video that I did, 
I explained how you can take all of your settings, all your keywords, all your star ratings from Lightroom and move them into Darktable without having to buy another tool. First up, two things. You assume I'd watch anything you produce or listen to. <laughs> of course. Uh, so the answer to that, first up, is uh, that's obviously it was obviously one of those, uh, what does my daughter call them? A, um, a something, a rhetorical question. That's the word. That was a rhetorical. <laughs> but that, that would work for Darktable, but it wouldn't work for Skylump or any of the other no. sort of embedded actual pay-to-play software systems. Yeah. So this is an alternative. You are looking at getting out, but don't want to go into something like a dark table. You want to use something, uh, I'm going to say, more user-friendly, yep. like a, like a Skylum or On One, which are all kind of self-contained with filters and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, it, this is a, a good way of getting all that data over there without losing, I think it costs like 50 bucks or whatever, and it's all done. So I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, right. Not that I'm going to do it, because I don't use Lightroom catalogs, but if you did. Yeah. And the last thing I've got um, was the end of an era where there's a Nashville camera store called Dury's has decided to close the door because of the pandemic and loss of monies and all this stuff. But it's been going since 1882. Wow. This store. And this store, George Eastman Kodak himself, um, he he gave them the there was one of the first six stores in the world to have Kodak film. Wow! Okay, because he and he gave it out personally to them back in the eighteen eighties. They would, I mean, if they've really been in business since eighteen eighty two, they would they have, really have to be the longest running camera store in history, surely. Or, or like, don't know about that, but it's got to be up there. There couldn't be any of the other five that would, you know, that would still be. Oh, not, not this, I wouldn't have thought any of the other five were still going, but it doesn't mean there's not. But there's, there would have been more stores around oh, yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah, in the sure. world, but not necessarily. But this is in America. I would imagine it's definitely the oldest. But man, that's that's almost a hundred and forty years. Like, yeah, no, crazy, isn't it? You know, and wow. it's had that link to, to Eastman Kodak, all that. You know, George, it's it's astounding. Yeah. And, yeah, again, sign of the world or the sign of the times. It's yeah. closing the doors for good and that's it. Wow. Goodbye, farewell, our feet are saying goodnight. Yeah. Uh, rather sad. It's very sad. Rather sad indeed. I don't know them. I've never had anything to do with them. But um, uh, my, if, you, if you're wanting some sort of slightly alternative photo news or um, – Something, something's a little bit more in-depth industry news sometimes. There's a really good site called the Dead Pixel Society. Yeah, right. Which my mate Gary uh, runs, and um, so you can subscribe to their newsletter and get info. So Cool. It's a little impromptu yeah, little nice. plug for him. Yeah, it's a bit like the Photo Imaging News, the Australian one, but it's run by What's-His-Face, you know? Um, Will Shipton. That's it. Will Shipton, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so it's a bit like that, but on a, on a US, more US-centric base. Right. Cool. I'd like to break into the podcast briefly to mention that we now have a Patreon account. If you get any value at all from our photographic giggle fest each week, we'd really appreciate it if you could spare a couple of bucks a month just to help keep the servers running. The link will be in the show notes. Much appreciated. Now, back to the podcast. Before we get on to the emails, I've just got one link that I wanted to share, and that was to a Petapixel article uh, explaining, and I didn't realise this, that Duracell, who were well known for their copper top batteries, yes. they are now doing 
third-party batteries for cameras. So, you know, they're doing Canon, Fuji, Nikon, Olympus, Sony, Samsung, Kodak, Panasonic, Konica, Pentax, Ricoh, Minolta. So if you, you know, pretty much all of the major camera brands, um, yeah. as you know, you know, buying the the branded battery for your particular brand of camera can be quite an expensive proposition. Uh, Absolutely. Duracell, which at least has a reputable name when it comes to batteries, might be a slightly more affordable third-party option and, and at least a little bit more, you know, reliable than some brand you've never heard of out of China that, you know, you might be a little bit sceptical about using in your camera. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I thought that was interesting. Probably, there probably are third-party stuff out of China. <laughs> probably are. On it. <laughs> yeah. but, but looking at the example they're showing in the, in the article, I mean, this is a US prices, but $27 for a battery for a Canon 5D Mark IV as an example, yeah. which would equate to about 280 Australians. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so sorry, no, maybe 50, 40, 50 or bucks. 60 yep. bucks Australian, which is on par with, yeah. I reckon the, I recommend the Jupio, J-U-P-I-O, if you're looking for them in Australia. They're, they're a good battery I use. Okay. Um, uh, no affiliation, but except the free stuff they give me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but other, other than that. Um, but I reckon they're missing an opportunity, Bruce. Yeah? In single-use batteries. Single-use batteries? Single-use batteries for cameras. Why would you want single-use batteries? Well, say say you've gone out, all right, for a day, you lift your batteries behind. You've got you've already got stacks of battery. You don't really want another one, right? I'm with you. You yeah. can pop into like a Seven Eleven and pick up a single-use one for like seven or eight bucks. Yep. Yeah, pop it in. It's good for the day, and kill the environment. Throw it away. Yeah. And here's the next thing: if if we, the world ever gets back to travelling. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, this inability to travel with lithium-ion batteries yep. is um, a real pain. And a lot of the places you go to, you just can't go into a store and pick up new batteries or want to spend the yeah. money. You could, if you could travel with a bunch of single-use nickel metal hydride or you know, just yep. normal bloody batteries um, that aren't, don't have the same problem, then yeah, it's, it's an alternative to that. Yeah. So. I was while you were talking. I was just thinking, wouldn't it be good if they made a shell that's the shape of the batteries for your camera that just had you know cavities inside it that could take double A AA or triple A batteries? So you could just slot them into that proper shaped shell that would then just slot. It into wouldn't your camera. work. Hey, it wouldn't work. Not enough voltage. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think maybe six that volts. might be the yeah. case. So you need to pack in four double A's into a battery that's smaller than two double A's and not as long either. So, yeah, you're completely... Bruce, what a stupid idea. (laughs) Ridiculous. Really? When you think about (laughs) it, yeah? Maybe you should have... Tell you, maybe you should have deleted that whole segment. You've made a fool of yourself. You've embarrassed yourself again. Yeah? Let's not even go about talking about the motorbike. Um, (laughs) So... So that was your one single. I could one single thing is a battery. That's it. <laughs> You've had a big week. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. And yeah, I, I can't remember. I don't know what we did to annoy Adam Davidson. We I think we threatened to make him come on air or something because he stopped sending us stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we, you went through a, a phase there where we weren't doing any contributed stories. So, from Adam Davidson. Well, from anybody. No, we were just very busy, that was all, yeah. And then we, we had yeah, actual stuff to talk about, which is you know, rare. Yeah. 
Yeah, so no, no slight intended. Yeah. Anyway, uh, letter from America. Uh, greetings, Bruce. I am an admitted podcaster-holic. And I hey, am- just, just, just before we go any further. Yeah. Why are there always greetings, Bruce? Do you, do you delete the Anne Glynn bit? No, I do not. All right. Continue. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I liked this guy, but I think I might be backing off. <laughs> and I listen to many each day. You and Glenn have the only photography podcast I have found worth listening to. So cheers. Well, hang on a sec. Let's just stop there. Yeah. Uh, and we should insert some links for good ones that we know of. <laughs> Because he's obviously not looked very hard. Because if this is the best thing, if he's looked around, this is the best he's found. You know, this, this week in photography is pretty good, Twip. You know, uh, I don't actually know any other photography podcast, so, you know. Uh, continue. So he listens to lots of podcasts and he's found hours. Uh, the only one worth listening, listening to. Uh, a great distraction from the shit show we are all in, and especially the shit show here in the States. On oh, a different yeah. note, I have a suggestion for Glyn and dealing with his insomnia, though I am hesitant to offer it since I find sleep-deprived Glyn damned entertaining and I wouldn't want to interrupt the show feel. <laughs> uh, however, I use oh, audio he's primarily... Coming, he's, he's, coming back in, he's coming back in my favour <laughs> already. Uh, he lost me for a while there with just the hey, Bruce, but no, he's coming back. However, I use audio, primarily audio books, to guide me to sleep. I choose a book, especially one I've read and liked, and use a single earbud with the volume just loud enough to hear in the quiet of the night, set the sleep timer on the player of choice and allow the story or patter of a good reader, garner the attention of my overactive brain and voila, sleep can be achieved. I will repeat this process one to two times each night depending on my sleep pattern. Given your work, Bruce, you have you may have some very good suggestions for good reads. Keep up the You're great not work. You're not listen to anything Bruce suggests. <laughs> Keep up the great work and I am trying to make time Time to get deep into your dark table tutorials. I've learned much already and there is a large backlog to get to. Stay well. K from Annapolis. K Mac. Yeah. <laughs> so you can just say K Mac. You don't have to do all those bleeps. So you don't worry about those bleeps anymore because okay. he doesn't have to say his name. Okay. K Mac. <laughs> He's from Maryland. He is. He might feel completely ripped off that he didn't get named. Oh, I thought you were going <laughs> to. Correct me how I said the name because I know I know K-Mac already is. What 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 Maryland? It's, it, it's from Maryland. Yeah, that's that's not how they say it. Or how do they it's say it? Maryland. Ah, oh, right. See, because hello, I'm from Maryland. They seem to take right. object. I think whenever I'm over there and I say that, right. I, I think it's maybe the the waving my hands in the air and dancing with my hip as I say it. <laughs> hello, I'm from Maryland. I think that might be the, more the objection to the Mary bit. Uh, <laughs> Maryland, it's a beautiful state. Right. What a gorgeous place. In yeah, right. in fall, oh, my goodness. Yeah, right. Oh, my goodness. Um, Excellent. But, yeah, Annapolis, that's down near where, where the uh, the big military uh, and Navy base is. Yeah. Military base in is that is that, uh, is that where, um, you know, that one's at? A few yeah, the, 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 yeah, no, but, uh, but, but well, maybe. But, no, the, um, it's the, it's the, um, oh, it'll come to me. No, that's up in the desert. Didn't you see the movie? That just after the gay, just after the gay scene in the in the bass in the bait in the volleyball, it's on Chesapeake Bay. I tell you what, that's a lovely retriever. If you've ever seen a Chesapeake Bay retriever, that's a gorgeous <laughs> dog, as well. I might say. Um, you you know Is what the um, else following Glynn's train of thought here because I am certainly not. <laughs>
It's the US Naval Academy. Right. There thank you go. You. <laughs> That's what it's called. I had some fabulous seafood there one time too, I might say. So and if 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 memory serves me correctly, the movie with Jack Nicholson, Greg Kinnear and Helen Hunt where they do a road trip from New York and they're stopping Annapolis if my memory serves me. K Mac will have to let us know. Right. Uh, if that's actually true, because I'm sure that that's probably their favourite movie if they live in Maryland. Right. Um, yeah, right. No, as I mentioned, lovely area. Excellent. So, well, uh, thank you for the email and thank you for the uh, thank you. Patreon support. That is much appreciated. Muchos gracias. Uh, David Marland wrote in with another epic he did he? email. Oh, dear. He said, hi, guys, I listened to Shutters, Inc. while on my early morning walks pre-6am and actually hearing real information coming into my ears. I staggered and nearly fell over a couple of times last week. That's the problem. Listening to us in the dark is not good for your health. (laughs) Better than tripping over a dead kangaroo in the dark like last week near that junkyard, Glenn. You know where I mean. Oh, I don't. Maybe they had the dead sheep in there, though, that time, if you remember that. But the... Anyway, so as requested, here is a little of my continuing adventures. Well, there have been some pluses and minuses to be expected. In that's fact, called exposure compensation, that's uh, David. Just as, that's what the plus and the minus is on the camera. I know you're learning the new camera, but it's the same as your old camera. Yes. In fact, talking in terms of pluses and minuses is not the right way to go about it. It's different. No, because it's called exposure compensation, not pluses and minuses. And I need to learn these differences by practicing, and I am really enjoying the challenges. Lately, I have revisited a couple of places I photographed previously to get my eye in. Lens selection is definitely different. On some locations where I would have shot with the 24 to 70, I would now use the 70 to 200. Previously, well, it makes sense because if it, if the seventy on if it was up this towards the seventy range and he's twenty four to seventy, that would have looked like about a hundred and ten mil lens, give or take. So it's quite different. So now we definitely need the seventy to two hundred to sort of replicate that. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Previously, I used the fifteen to seventy a fair bit, but that range is now covered no, by the twenty four to seventy. He, never, he, he has never said, used that lens in his life because it doesn't exist. Expanses, so the fifteen to thirty has not come out much. So the next phase will include an exercise where I take only the fifteen to thirty and leave the others behind. I've used this approach before when, in my film life, I only had ever used manual and then forced myself to use aperture priority for a couple of weeks or shutter priority for a couple of weeks to force my discovery of what works for me with this feature and in what circumstances it could be most useful. I am beginning to use ISO differently. The 7D. Well, before, before we go to the ISO, yeah. um, my suggestion for Dave to get used to seeing with his 15 to 30 and going out only with his 15 to 30, hmm. pop up to the Grampians, yep. walk yourself into a waterfall, and use the, all the leading lines of rocks and logs and stuff like that as your foreground. You've got to learn to use foreground interest more. Yep. And that's probably the biggest change from a 24 to 70 to going out to 15 is you've got to start making photos more interesting in the foreground, which is a lot, yeah, it's a, it's a very different visual skill that is used to. So let's maybe think of it more, you've got to think more three-dimensionally. Yeah. Think more in, in the depth. So go up there. Find find some good stuff with your with your long leading lines and rocks and foreground interest and all that sort of stuff and then your your muscle your visual muscle your your ability to start to see with that lens will start to kick in yeah no. and once you sort of start to train it then you start seeing 
yeah, you know, it's like you, if you're looking to go buy a car, yeah, and you're looking to buy a brand new car, and you see a, something that's just been released on the market, you have never seen it. You go to the dealership, you've never seen one anywhere, but you see that the dealership, oh, I really like that car. You don't make a decision there and there, but as you as you're driving around the next few days, you see that car bloody everywhere. Yes, you've never seen one on the road anywhere, and now all of a sudden the bloody things are everywhere. Yep, a similar thing I saw on on, on Facebook today. Some some moron um, <laughs> was. Yeah, technical term. Um, they've seen the number 1111 a few times. Right. right? And, and now everywhere they look, they keep seeing the number 1111. Oh, and can the spirits tell me what this means? <laughs> what it means is once you start noticing something, you start noticing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it starts to, it, does, it doesn't magically start to show up. It's just that you're aware of it more, you know. Go out and look for purple cars. Yeah. And you've never seen, probably seen a purple car. Then all of a sudden you start seeing purple car because you, your mind's tuning into that. That's why she's seeing 11 11. Yeah. So it's the same thing with your 15 to 30. When you go out with that 15 to 30 and start training the, the, the brain to key into these elements, then you start seeing those elements everywhere. Yeah. So when you start walking down the streets of Ararat, which is where David lives, you'll start mm. seeing the elements that will work in context with that lens. Yeah. It's a muscle. You've got to, you've got to train and, and, and draw the brain's attention to those elements. Otherwise, you don't see. You know? Yeah. Especially in places where you live all the time, you don't see so much. Yeah. I could go to Ararat and see stuff David just never even considered because he's he's used to seeing it. He goes straight past it. Yeah. You know? And that's the same with every country town anywhere just about, you know? <laughs> yeah. So he's got to train that visual muscle. So go and, and and why I say a waterfall because it's a fairly easy thing to work with. Yeah, you've got you've got leading lines of river. You've got when you're doing your slightly slower exposure, you get the the lines from the water for your leading lines. You create the yep. bubble lines and stuff like. That. You've got lots of rocks in the foreground usually, which gives you your your foreground interest is easy to work with. Yep. And your waterfalls tend not to be too far away, so it's not like you're trying to photograph in a field where you've got a fence here and a tree three hundred meters away in the middle of the field, which is going to look a mile away in a 15 to 30 litres. <laughs> you can get reasonably close to the waterfall and still have foreground interest. So you can start building that visual acuity to looking for those elements. Yeah. And then you start, you, your brain starts keying in and seeing 11.11 everywhere um, <laughs> because you, you start to, you start to key into those features. Right. So there's a there's a, 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 a nonsensical version of a sensible thing. Right. Continuing on. I'm beginning to oh, use more. ISO differently. The 7Z, after all, it is over 10 years old, started to get significant noise at about 800 ISO. Yeah. And as a yeah. consequence, I've tended not to shift my ISO much over 100 or 200. Some of this may have been due to many years of film where the ISO was locked in. Using ISO levels higher than 800 with the 7D means I needed to put, at times, a fair bit of work into post-production noise reduction, which yeah. I am not good at and find you can quickly turn something into a cartoon. Now, with yeah. the 5D's lower noise, I'm really beginning to use this third side of the triangle with more confidence, as going up to Gosh. 1600 still keeps the noise levels very low. See also post-processing below. So, yeah, so that makes absolute sense and was one of well, the... Well, that's good. It does prove one thing absolutely, though. Mm. There are no negatives in digital. No. Because they don't make negatives, they don't. They don't have film. No, they don't. Did he say negatives? 
Oh, he said there's positives and negatives before. Oh. I said positives. <laughs> well, positives are tra- you, you can't have slides or, no. or, or 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 film inside your camera. So exactly. I'm not sure what he's up to. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's obviously those early mornings. He must have tripped. He might have actually tripped over, and not realised, banged his banged head his on head. something because yeah. I think he's a bit delusional. <laughs> but honestly, I would say to David, you know, I completely relate because that was one of the main reasons for me wanting to move off my A850 to the A73 was just. I felt like I'd wrung all of the performance out of the A850 that I was ever going to get out of it. And one of the great advantages with a, you know, a a sensor that's 10 years newer technology is just how much higher I can push the ISO and get, you know, uh, to the, to the point where the noise starts to become objectionable. I'm getting another three stops at least, which is fantastic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It goes from hand, non hand holdable to hand holdable. Exactly. um, Yeah. But it it makes a huge, huge difference. If you're looking to try to get a bit of extra depth in the shot, you want to, you know, you want to shoot at F8 rather than F4 and still have the usable shutter speed, all, all these huge differences. So it does, it does change the way you can shoot the way you think about shooting and it opens up opportunities. So, and, and this is what we talked about with Rob Coates the week about why there's um, value in going to a full frame camera if you're headbutting that issue all the time. Yeah. If you're headbutting, or, or yeah, or, yeah, if you're if you're yeah, constantly hating what high ISO is doing, and you're always fixing stuff with with noise reduction software, which makes it look a bit soft and muddy, mm. um, then that's a reason to upgrade. But if you're out shooting and bright sunlight every day and under ISO, there's, there's not a need. Yeah. So, um, and that's something I think where, yeah, David's definitely finding an advantage for sure, which is good. Yep. Uh, isn't, isn't this, I'm, finding, I'm, I'm finding this very fascinating. I love it. I'm loving this this journey David's on. It's, 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 it's cool. great info for people who are, are looking. So, so keep it up, though. Keep letting us know, which forces you to get out and shoot more. Yes. Uh, so your challenge now is go, go and do those, those, those visual exercises I told you about and report back. Yeah, the other good thing, of course, is the more we make him talk, yeah. the less we have to. Yes. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Biggest changes so far have been related to cropping. He's still going, is he? And noise. <laughs> I thought that was the end of the email. Previously, cropping and noise. Previously, if I needed to crop a photo heavily, often when I want to use the picture in a different way to my original intent, the photo. So when he shot it badly, you mean? Yeah. Well, I guess maybe he's wanting to use it as a vertical crop when he shot at landscape or vice yes. versa. Yes. That's a good reason to shoot everything both ways, isn't it? The photo could easily become ill-defined and essentially unusable as the noise becomes more apparent. Sometimes even Topaz Denoise AI could not resolve it. But the photos from the 5D are still crisp when cropped and the enlarged portions show very little noise increase. General sharpening does not need much work either. Don't get me wrong, I don't believe photos should have no grain, rather the grain needs to be appropriate to the photo. So my next steps are one, forcing myself to use the wider lens for landscapes, and two, this is Glyn's fault, taking the clear and succinct lessons from Glyn's Tamron Australia session about photographing at home and having a crack at those approaches. By the way, a great session with realistic videography by the Misses 12 and 9. Yes, there were glitches, but to be honest, it made it look real and reachable by any viewer. Cheers, David. Oh, good on you, Dave. I'll take back some of the things I was just saying about you. Um... (laughs) All the good it's, stuff. <laughs> all the good stuff, indeed. Um, 
a couple of things I'd like to know from Dave. Uh, Topaz Noise AI, I'd like to know how he's found that. Yep. Uh, don't just say it on the internet. Because <laughs> um, these noise reduction programs are something not a lot of people have experience with, so it's nice to see. To see. Um, and I would love if he could send us an example of a before and after that we could use on the you know, show notes of on a few, whichever episode we actually brings that info into us. would yep. be good. I've used the Define uh, noise reduction software by Nick for many years. Yep. Uh, I've stopped using I've stopped using all my Nick software. Oh, any reason? Yeah, it's on my Mac, and that's in the other room, and I never get able to go up and put the photos on it to do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll only do what you can process on your phone. I'll only do what I can do with the least amount of effort, Bruce. Right. <laughs> simple, simple as that. And I've been, put, I've been putting the photos on my, on my Surface, my Microsoft Surface. Oh, okay. And it's just, it's just too much effort to, you know, get, to put onto a different computer. You right. Know, to, just to take noise away, so I'll just live with the noise. But again, I shoot with a 5D Mark IV, which is even less noise than Dave's, and I don't shoot a lot in ultra low light with particularly high ISO, so it's not really a problem. Yeah. Uh, and, and the other thing you mentioned is... Uh, it, Noise isn't necessarily a bad thing, mm. you know, and, and I think it adds, you know, say if you're doing a black and white photograph, yeah. sometimes that noise adds the grit and drama that you want to a photograph. Absolutely. It, it's probably, it might look really good on, uh, once again, not so much in colour, because colour noise is, yeah. it can be blotchy, yeah, but, but on a portrait of an old guy with some noise in it can look quite good. Yeah. Uh, colour noise of a young girl with blotches, making blotches on the skin, not so much, but... Yeah. Um, so there's a time and place for noise. But if noise was a bad thing, Photoshop wouldn't have add noise as an option. That's it. Yeah. And back in the old darkroom days, we wouldn't have noise slides, noise ne- negatives that we would put into our enlargers to throw noise onto our photos. Right. Um, which, yeah, and, and, and there'd be basically be just slides of gra- negatives of grain, of different amounts of grain. And we'd put it in there if we want a really grainy photo or a not so grainy photo. <laughs> Uh, if yeah and yeah, so to make a one hundred ISO piece of film look like it was thirty two hundred ISO film, exactly, yeah. exactly right, yeah. So and and everything in between and even worse. So yeah. you could buy kits, you could buy noise kits, basically. Yeah, uh, they're called grain kits in those days, but it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's, there's definitely a time and place for that as a creative element for sure, which is good. Yeah, nice, awesome. Well, we are done. Are we? We are. What's your, what's, what's your future week looking like? Anything exciting happening? Uh, well, it's Kath's birthday tomorrow, Friday. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we're going out for dinner tomorrow night. Actually, to, to a restaurant where we can actually what? sit down and have dinner. And wow. alcohol. It's a small restaurant, less than 20 people? Is it, is, have you I'm, you're I'm, I'm 50 so. people up in your state, aren't you? I'm, I'm guessing it will be a small restaurant, but yeah. Are you guys allowed 50 people or 20 people in a room? I'm not sure what the current state of play is, to be honest. Yeah, we're, we're 20, but I thought New South Wales were 50, but yeah. Right. So it makes it make, which makes dining in a restaurant a little bit easier. But we're booked in, so uh, yeah, looking forward to that. That'll be the first time in about three months. So, <laughs> good stuff. Uh, and then hopefully get the bike back on Saturday. Um, yeah, and beyond that, I don't know. Hey. Yeah. Remember, you got to do the you got to do your, your um, train experiment. You gonna do that tomorrow? Oh, sure. you gotta, I, you can, go, you I can sit down the bottom tomorrow. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so just just do a little exp- uh, report back next week for us. That'd be good. Yep. Uh, what have I got on the next week? I have um, two thirds of three quarts of diddly nothing. Yep. I got one more week of one more week and one more day of homeschooling. Right. 
not that I'm counting. <laughs> but yeah, got the big got the skip coming in next week, and but then I'm gonna I, I, I desperately need to have a couple of a couple of me days. Yeah, we'll be going out and do a bit of gold detecting. Go yep. out for a bit of a fish. Yep. Maybe even take some photos. Oh, I've got, I've got screw nose. Actually, speaking of, oh, just remembered when I said taking some photos, mm. uh, Dave said he was going to go out and challenge himself and shoot with nothing but his 15 to 30. Yeah. I went out this week with the kids. Mm. Uh, we had an afternoon. With the kids had a, get this, the kids haven't been in school, school since March 11, okay? Right. It's now May the 28th. Five nine to five hundred to something. Um, on Monday, the school had a pupil free day. Oh, you're kidding me! They had a pupil free day, Bruce. They haven't had pupils since March. Yeah. So to prepare themselves for having kids back in the school, they had a pupil free day. I'm yeah. like, you've got to be kidding me! Yeah, you've exactly. had three months yeah. to prepare. To prepare. Uh, so, so we had a, a beautiful day in Melbourne, just just 15, 16 degrees Celsius. Perfect blue sky, not an ounce of wind. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous day. So we went out, and I went out with my forty-five mil one point eight, a, a lens I've used about once, three quarters of half of once. Right, you know. <laughs> uh, so I, I took nothing but that, and I took half a dozen photos or so. Yeah. I looked at the store on the, on the camera, but I don't right. think any really good. But actually, but the same thing. I said, you know what? I'm just going to go out and shoot with this. It's a good thing to do, you know. Excellent. Yeah, especially, especially if you're not doing, you're going to photograph anything important. You're not, you're not trying to get, you know, you don't have to record something for posterity's sake, yeah. or you don't have to create a good photograph. You just have to create photographs, yeah. which is or pictures. Because as soon as you, as soon as you have, if you have to create a photograph for somebody else, you can't limit your options. That you can't limit how you can create that photograph. Yeah. Because that would uh, that's not doing justice to the people you're shooting for. Yeah. But if you're just doing it for yourself and it's got out with your kids, yeah. Then there's nothing wrong with just you know, forcing yourself into one viewpoint. And yep. uh, I actually really kind of enjoyed. I didn't. I didn't feel constrained by it at all, and kind of enjoyed. It. I wasn't actively taking lots of photos, but um, it was good. It's probably so. because of that aforementioned idea of not having to meet a customer's spec that made it feel like fun and non-constrictive. Yeah, so I took some photos of rocks with sunlight on them. Nice. That, that's it. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but 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 you know, but it has it has made me want to go and use the lens more. So that's a good thing. Oh, that's good. So yeah, so I might have to go do some portraits or something with it. Oh, speaking of which, I should also announce I've got workshops back on the board. Awesome. So if there's any Melbourne people, uh, I have workshops in June and July. I've got like five workshops listed now for natural light and flash. So yeah, if you're if you're interested in coming along, give me a holler. Fantastic. All good. Excellent. Yeah, it's right, good mate, to be back. Have a good week. I will. I will. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs> See ya. Shutters Inc. Another audio to you.com quality podcast. For questions, comments, and feedback, email the boys at shuttersinpodcast.com.